This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Welcome back to the Der Show. Yesterday, as I'm sure you all know, there was a, a terrible explosion in the parking lot of a large hospital in Gaza where many um, Gazans um, had come to seek refuge, refuge uh, or to seek treatment. The, the blast was in the parking lot, not the hospital itself. We don't know how many people were killed. Uh, Hamas claims 500. Others have claimed that's an exaggerated number, but a lot of people were killed uh, immediately before very much was known at all. Um, Hamas said, of course, it was the result of a deliberate targeted Israeli bombing of the hospital, that they targeted the hospital, they intended to murder innocent civilians. Uh, Israel said immediately, we have uh, categorical proof that the rocket uh, came uh, from a failed rocket fired by Islamic Jihad, one of the partners in crime, of Hamas and other uh, documentary and indisputable evidence. So immediately it became, in some respects, uh, he said she disproved um, dispute. Hamas says Israel did it. Israel proves that it didn't do it. So how did the world react? First, let's look at the leading newspaper in the world, the New York Times, its headline immediately is Israeli strike kills hundreds of in hospital, Palestinians say. They don't say strike hits hundreds in hospital, even the very concept of strike was strike means something deliberate, not an accident, but they don't say Israelis say Islamic Jihad did it. The headline is Israeli strike kill hundreds in hospital, Palestinians uh, say. And of course, that carries around the world. Uh, Pierre Trudeau, the prime minister of Canada, without using those words, repeated the sentiment. The sentiment. He said it was a war crime. It was outrageous. It was unacceptable. That means it was deliberate. That means it was Israel. Um, you know, if it was what Israel says it was and what's now been proved it was, an errant rocket fired by Islamic Jihad, well, it wasn't targeting the hospital. So you don't use that kind of language. You can use different kind of language because the evidence now shows that the Islamic Jihad rocket was fired from right near the hospital in a cemetery which is very common for the way Islamic Jihad and Hamas operate, you fire your rockets right behind a civilian location, a hospital, a school, a UN center, a mosque. And that way you give the Israelis two choices. One, don't fire back and let the rockets continue, let them kill your civilians, or fire back and risk possibly hitting, hitting a hospital or hitting something in which civilians uh, operate. So that that's the way 
the world uh, perceived it. And then what happened to Israel's allies? Um, the king of Jordan uh, blamed it immediately on Israel. It didn't bother to look at the facts. Blamed it immediately on Israel. Um, the head of uh, Egypt blamed it immediately on Israel. The Saudis blamed it immediately on Israel. Of course, the Iraqis, the Iranians, the Turks, of course they did. Everybody expects that. And then the evidence came out. A tape recording of a conversation between two Hamas guys, essentially one saying to the other, oh my God, our guys did it. This was Islamic Jihad. Oh my God, it's our fault. We killed these Palestinians. The other one says, oh yeah, that really, really is, really is too bad. Really, really sounds like an admission, um, a confession. And then the other evidence comes out. All the bomb experts say it couldn't have been a bomb, uh, an Israeli bomber, an Israeli rocket, because that would have left a large crater. It had to be a fuel explosion. That is a rocket having just taken off with all of the fuel still in the chambers, very flammable, and it hits the ground and flame breaks out and everything um, that we see in the photographs and everything that was seen from uh, satellites is consistent with that and totally inconsistent with an Israeli um, attack from the air or rockets. Then the other evidence comes out. Israel has a record of every single rocket it fired, and it wasn't anywhere near the area at the time. And so it became clear that Israel couldn't be uh, responsible. If this were a criminal case, it would be proof beyond a reasonable doubt, almost to a certainty. And um, and yet, I haven't heard very many apologies. Not the New York Times, not Trudeau, not uh, certainly not the uh, Arab heads, and uh, and not the Jewish organizations. Uh, I want to talk about that for a second too. Who who support Hamas? You may be watching on television. Um, they've been showing this group called Jewish Voice for Peace that has been protesting Israel at in the capital. It wants a ceasefire. That's not what it wants. It doesn't want Israel to exist. Let me tell you something about Jewish Voice for Peace. It isn't Jewish, it has no voice, and it's not for peace. So let's start with that. Um, its members are, are, some are Jewish, uh, many are not, many are communists, many are hard left socialists. They all have in common one thing, they're anti-Zionist, they're anti-Israel. They don't believe Israel has the right to exist. They're pro-Hamas, they support Hamas. Um, they never support Israel. And so they go to the capital, they wear a kippah, they wear a talit, the prayer shawl, they pretend they're Jews, you know, davening. And uh, they don't tell Congress who they are, and they don't tell CNN or Fox who they are. And so these naive media believe that these are authentic, genuine Jews who are just upset about Israel's policies and in, in, in taking, uh, trying to get Hamas, I think it'd be further from the truth. These are Norman Finkelsteins. These are, are people who, uh, Norman Finkelstein said he, it warmed his heart to see these Jewish children beheaded and murdered and uh, everything that Hamas did. It warmed his heart. It was wonderful. It was great. I mean, that's the kind, kind of Jew that would, would say something like that. So as one Jew, let me make one thing clear. Don't ever believe something because a Jew said it. Um, Jews are like everybody else. Um, they vary. 
during the Nazi period, Jews included Gertrude Stein, who was a Nazi, a Nazi Jew. She spent the war years openly in areas occupied by the Nazis. Her best friend was the head of the Gestapo. She turned in Jewish kids who were hiding nearby. She helped Nazis escape toward the end of the war. She, she, she nominated Hitler for a Nobel Peace Prize and, and wrote the preface to a book by the head of the occupation, the Nazi occupation. She was one of the most miserable women in the face of the earth, and yet she's still studied by feminists. She's also a terrible writer. Um, I studied her in college, a roses, a rose, and, you know, two saints for six, whatever the hell it was. It was drivel, but um, that's not the point. She was a Nazi, and her um, partner uh, was a Nazi uh, as well, Alice Toklas. Um, there have been a, American Nazis, too. You know, I live not too far from York Avenue in Manhattan, where hundreds of thousands of uh, American Nazis uh, marched down uh, the east side doing Heil Hitler salutes, praising Hitler. They went to Madison Square Garden, where tens of thousands of them um, supported Hitler and Nazism. Uh, many Americans did. Many British did. Just because of who you are doesn't mean you have any sense or morality. And so the Jews who are in the Capitol today don't listen to a word they say, Jewish voice for peace. They're not Jewish. They have no voice and they're not for peace. They're for the destruction of Israel. These are the people who cheer loudest when a Jew gets his throat cut or a child beheaded or a pregnant woman uh, have her baby ripped out and shot in front of her. These are not people that you want to be in any way associated with. So, Let's turn back to the New York Times and the story of what happened at the hospital. Israeli strike kills hundreds in hospital, Palestinians say. Well, there uh, I left out one other person, um, one of the most uh, despicable abusers of human rights. Um, Harvard had a problem with him. They first fired him, and then they rehired him because of pressure. A guy named Kenneth Roth, another Jew, another Jew. Uh, head of Human Rights Watch, uh, a buddy of George Soros. Immediately, immediately, he came out and said that Israel had uh, uh, done this and was responsible and at fault. Um, of course, the squad, uh, Rashida Tlaib, uh, said the same thing. So, so, so let's examine the the possibilities. There are essentially three four maybe possibilities. One, what Israel says happened, what the United States, by the way, the United States did an independent intelligence analysis, National Security Council, intelligence agencies all came to the same conclusion that the most likely culprit was Islamic Jihad. They fired a rocket, the rocket failed. Um, according to Israeli authorities, some 30% of the rockets that are sent, they're primitive rockets, many of them, from uh, Gaza to kill Israeli citizens and civilians mostly fail. Uh, usually they just fail on the launching pad and go and they fall. But many of them go up in the air and then they fall and they kill Gazans. That's happened on numerous, numerous occasions. Of course, whenever that happens, uh, Hamas blames uh, blames Israel. And that's what happened here. So that's 
that's likelihood number one, that the scenario that was spelled out by Israeli intelligence is, is true. Uh, Islamic Jihad, hiding behind the hospital in the cemetery, sent out a slew of rockets. And there's videotapes of the rockets going out. One of the rockets fizzled, it went down, landed in the parking lot, lit fires. Uh, half of the cars in the parking lot were burned. The other half were not. By the way, that wouldn't happen as well if there were a bomb. And um, the end result was the death of we don't know how many um, uh, citizens of Gaza. 100% the fault of Islamic Jihad. 0% the fault of Israel. That's the most likely scenario. All right, let's talk about another scenario. It's possible. There's no evidence of it. It's possible that uh, Israel was um, aiming its rocket somewhere else. And we know Israel isn't perfect. We know from the intelligence lapses that occurred on October 7th, and the rocket misfired. And instead of hitting the military target it was supposed to hit, it hit the um, uh, hospital parking lot by accident. Possibility, but the evidence doesn't support it. The physical evidence doesn't support it. The wiretap evidence doesn't support it, but that's a possibility. The third uh, and most serious possibility is that Israel targeted a hospital because it wanted to kill civilians. Why? On the day that President Biden is coming to Israel, they're going to fire rockets at a hospital, get no military advantage? Of course not. They would never do that. And it's absurd to think it. And the fourth possible one is a variation of the third, and that is Israel did it deliberately uh, because they knew there were terrorists that were hiding out in the hospital and they didn't care about civilians. They just wanted to get the 10 terrorists, even if it meant 500 civilians. No, Israel would never have done that. It's against the rules of engagement. I was there in a room with the rocket people who were deciding what rockets to send up to during a war several years ago in Israel. And I know what the rules of engagement are. If you see a civilian anywhere in the area, abort, 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 even if it means the terrorist gets away. So those are the four uh, possibilities. Um, we now know which is the right possibility. But let's assume for one second that what really happened, it didn't happen, but I'm a law professor, hypothetical. Let's assume that Israel either negligently or deliberately uh, targeted uh, the hospital. Let's start by saying negligently, that it was an attempt to hit a military target and it went awry and three, four, 500 people died. Does that compare at all with what Hamas did on October 7th? Walking into peaceful Songfest peaceful kibbutzim, murdering, raping, beheading? Do you remember a single demonstration in any Arab country against that? Do you remember Jewish Voice for Peace demonstrating against that? Do you remember the squad condemning? If you don't remember it, it's a good reason for it. It never happened. It never happened. Even, even, and of course, this is just an absurd hypothetical, but even if it had turned out that Israel targeted the hospital because it wanted to get some terrorists inside or it wanted to kill civilians, absurd, absurd, absurd. Would that be worse than what Hamas did? You could argue it would be a little worse, not as bad, but we're talking about the 513 
hundred people, the difference between being attacked by a bomb and having your head cut off. I, I'm, I'm not going to argue that. But any moral person who went to the street to protest the um, killing at the hospital surely should have gone to the street to protest the mass murder of 1,300 people with rapes and beheadings and kidnappings. I do not remember a single demonstration in any Arab capital about that. Let me tell you what would have happened in Israel. If it had turned out that Israel had targeted a hospital, either accidentally or, or purposely, it wouldn't have been targeted if it was accidental, but if it was accidental purpose, there would have been mass demonstrations in the streets of Tel Aviv and Jerusalem against the Israeli government. That's what happened. When the Israelis allowed, not did, allowed a right-wing phalangist group in Lebanon to murder Palestinians in the Shatila and Sabra uh, camps, uh, refugee camps. Um, Israel didn't do it. They just didn't stop it. The demonstrations were endless. The calls for the end of the prime minister. Uh, a report was written condemning uh, the prime minister for for that job, for, for his failure to stop it. Israelis protest when their own government kills Palestinian people or, or doesn't do enough to prevent the killing of Palestinian uh, people. Uh, there will be even protests in Israel by decent people about the siege of Gaza, about whether food should be let in, all of that, things that you can you can argue about. But what is it about the Arab and Muslim street? For them, it's human rights for me, but not for thee. We only care. Only Palestinian lives matter. Jewish lives don't matter. We're not going to protest if Jewish lives are killed by, by Hamas. Uh, no, we're only going to protest if, if Jews kill Palestinians or if Palestinians kill Palestinians, but we can blame it on the Jews. And that's what happened here. And so don't give me anything about the morality of the Arab or Muslim street. It doesn't exist. And don't give me much about the morality of the King of Jordan or the president of Egypt and the heads of the various Arab countries uh, who did not protest the killing uh, by Hamas of 13 or 14 or 1500 Jews, but went crazy, canceled the meeting with the president of the United States who flew in for one day. And thank you. Thank you, President Biden, for doing that. It was a great, great move. You're tired. You're not young. It's not easy. And you're making a primetime talk tomorrow after flying all day and all, all night. So I want to tell you, this is one guy who's who's thankful that you did that. I think you did the right thing. And I think this is nonpartisan and, and bipartisan. I think Republicans, Democrats, everybody who loves America, who loves liberty, who loves life, should be commending uh, President Biden, just like we should all have commended President Trump when he brought about the Abraham Accords and when he made peace proposals um, and when he recognized uh, Israel's sovereignty over the Golan and the Israeli capital in, in Jerusalem. These should be nonpartisan issues. There's no such thing in America, of course, as a nonpartisan or bipartisan issue, but let this be one of them, hopefully, that all Americans, I'm not talking about the squad, I'm not talking about the Norman Finkelsteins, I'm not even talking about the editors of the New York Times or the Harvard students, I'm talking about reasonable people. Reasonable people should agree, should agree.
Well, what message does this send to Israel? You know, it could send a very cynical message. It doesn't matter what you do. Even if you do nothing wrong, or even if you're accused of doing something wrong and the evidence overwhelmingly shows you did nothing wrong, you're going to be condemned. It doesn't matter. The UN condemns you. It doesn't matter what you do. And these enemies, they don't condemn you for what you do. They condemn you for what you are. The nation state of the Jewish people. Jewish Voice for Peace just has one goal. There should never be an Israel. There should never be a nation state for the Jewish people. And that's their goal. It's the same goal as Hamas. They use different means, uh, but it's the same goal as Hamas, the end of the nation state of the Jewish people and the dispersal of every Jew who now lives in Israel to other places in the world. But as Golda Meir once said, our secret, and Joe Biden uh, quoted this, secret is we have nowhere else to go. The people of Israel have nowhere else to go. Remember, during the Holocaust, they weren't welcome in the United States. They weren't welcome. Canada was the worst. Even one is too many, said the minister of absorption. Um, ironically, the countries that let them in were Cuba and some of the South American countries, but uh, not the United States, not Canada, and certainly not the European uh, countries. England let some in, um, and 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 Spain let let some in, but not 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 many. Um, in any event, I hope Israel doesn't take that as a lesson because what it should learn from this is never do anything, Israel, to try to please the street, the Arab street. will never be pleased by what you do. Never do anything to try to please the New York Times. Never do anything to try to please Harvard students. What you do should be determined by your own morality. Your own morality is much higher then the morality of the New York Times, the street, Pierre Trudeau, I'm sorry, uh, Justin Trudeau, I knew Pierre Trudeau, I worked with him on a matter back in 1970. Um, and, and so Israel, abide by your own morality. And I think that will be the highest morality. And you know better than anybody else how to strike the appropriate balance. You have a very tough decision ahead of you, how to go in and try to rescue 200 hostages without causing their death and their injuries. Uh, it's very difficult, but that's not something anybody should lecture you about. These are your people for the most part. They're Israeli citizens, some of them American citizens, some of them joint citizens. You have to make the hard call and the hard decisions. And yes, you can take advice from your good friends in the United States, but ultimately you make the decision. Don't let the Arab street, don't let the enemies of justice and morality make the decision for you. All right, let's take some, one more point we, before we get to that. When I think that the world, you know, the evidence is mounting, it will, it's, it's conclusive now that Israel had nothing to do with the, with the um, uh, tragedy at the hospital. It's overwhelming. No, re no reasonable person could believe the opposite, but millions of people do. And it put me in mind of how many Europeans for how many years uh, believed that Jews killed Christian children and used their blood to make a matzah. As you may, may or may not know, the Jewish religion prohibits the use of blood. You can't even eat a steak um, unless the blood has been removed. But the blood libel uh, pervaded um, attacks on, on Jews for, for a thousand years, 2,000 years maybe. So 
you know, people ask me all the time, why are Jews go skeptical and maybe creative? Well, I don't think anybody has a monopoly in any of these things. But one reason I think Jews are skeptical is for 2,000 years, people told us we killed Christian children for their blood. Everybody said that, and they were all wrong, and we were right. And I think the same thing is true about uh, Israel. Millions of people around the world are going to say Israel bombed the hospital, but they didn't. There is such a thing as truth. And Israel, the United States, civilized world, I hope Trudeau includes himself in that, should look to the evidence and not believe the propaganda that the anti-Israeli people, Jews included, uh, have directed against Israel. The truth will set you free. A Christian statement, but one I believe in very, very strongly. Okay, so let's look at some of the letters today. Uh, they're all about, obviously, about, about Israel and about the Middle East. And um, there are some interesting ones. Okay, this is one that just relates to what I had to say. Uh, Justin Trudeau is one of the first world leaders to parrot the story that Israel had bombed the Gaza hospital. Uh, this is uh, after he honored a Nazi in front of the Canadian Parliament. You would think he would be a little restrained with his comments. I think so. Look, I think he has to look at the evidence and offer a profound apology. I assure you the Times won't. With the Times, it had just surreptitiously changed its headline and tried to make believe it didn't have the original headline, but they were caught. And they did have the original headline. Uh, Professor Dershowitz, thank you for bringing clarity and content to this issue. Some of my friends tell me the Palestinian-Israeli conflict is complicated. I have never considered it as such. I'd like to say that listening to you makes my pro-Israel stance stronger. Have a blessed evening. In one of my shows coming up, I'm going to give a history of the conflict to show you how, although there's no such thing as a completely one-sided conflict, how overwhelmingly the morality supports uh, the Israeli uh, side of, of the dispute. So stay tuned. Um, Dershi, <laughs> the same people said nothing about Hamas attacks on women and children, but when Israel goes to Gaza to deal with Hamas, they call for a ceasefire. I guess they don't share our values. The Nazis didn't either. By the way, I'm not Jewish. Not that that matters. It's not right. Uh, it's it's not right. And that's that's, look, I agree with you. Some of the people who have cut off funding to uh, Harvard, Penn, uh, and other schools are not Jewish. Uh, they just are outraged by what their universities uh, are doing and not doing, that they seem to not be able to find moral clarity. Again, for me, the test is, how do university treat neo-Nazi students, white supremacists, sexist homophobes, if they formed a club and blamed what happened to uh, African-Americans or uh, gay people on them rather than on those who were bigoted against them? How would the school react to that? And whatever the answer is, that's what they should do with regard to people who claim that Jews are responsible for the rapes and beheadings of fellow Jews. Well, this is one. I mean, this is so typical of the kind of paranoid things you get in the mail. The Iron Dome is a fraud. A signal is transmitted to a receiver already installed into incoming rockets that tells the rocket to self-destruct. Do you know what that means? Yes, I do. You're an idiot. That's what it means. How are they going to get? How is Israel going to get to the rockets that are being manufactured in Gaza one day and they're sent out that night 
to plant a little bug in the rocket. Uh, you know, it's amazing what kind of uh, letters you get. You know, I have mostly very intelligent listeners, but boy, some of the conspiracy theorists out there. I am disgusted by the treatment of the Jewish people after all the sacrifices that have been made to rid the world of prejudice, and it should constantly be rearing its ugly head. It's been called the oldest prejudice. Um, you know, um, it goes back uh, to the Bible, it goes back to the book of Exodus, where Pharaoh uh, looks at the Jewish people suspiciously, the book of Esther, a certain people, uh, Haman says, um, and it obviously continues through um, the Middle Ages and through the Nazi period. One would have hoped that never again would have taken after the Nazi period, and this would happen never again, but it's happened again and again and again. Why did you work for Harvard? It is known as a WASP university and has always been less than open with accepting kids of the Jewish faith. But you took a paycheck. I was turned down by, I know I didn't even apply to Harvard. I'm sorry, I didn't get turned down. I was told I would be turned down and I deserve to be turned down. I wasn't a good high school student. I didn't go to Harvard, but Harvard is a great law school. And there weren't very many Jews on the faculty when I first um, became a professor in 1964. There was still kind of the remnant of the old uh, polite anti-Semitism. I'll never forget the first week I was at Harvard, I got a call from a club in Boston called the Club of the Odd Volumes, headed by a prominent judge, Bailey Aldridge, asking me to come and speak to the club because he liked to, the club members uh, liked to hear from the young Dons. I didn't even know what Don was, but apparently young professors. And I said, sure, I'm thrilled. I'll be happy to do it. And then I learned the next day that the Club of Odd Volumes was a club of odd people that didn't allow in Jews or Catholics uh, or Blacks or women, but they didn't allow in Jews. And so I called back and I said, sorry, I, I can't speak to a club that wouldn't have me as a member. And Judge Aldridge said, well, we don't want you as a member. We want you as a speaker. I said, well, I think that's the point. And I said, no, I can't do that. The dean of the law school ran to my office, Erwin Griswold, and said, you've hurt your chances of tenure. A number of the people in the club are um, on the board of overseers, and they decide who gets tenure, and you apologize, and you go and speak. And I said, nope, not going to do it. If you don't like me as I am, I'll go to Yale or somewhere else, but I'm not changing my views. And I think the dean respected me ultimately for it. I did not speak at the Club of Odd Volumes or any other club that ever discriminates on any basis against anybody, religious, ethnic, um, gender, or anything else. That's been my policy for the last, what, 60 years. So I'm going to continue that policy, hopefully. And uh, see you all next week. Keep your letters coming. I know uh, who knows what next week will look like, but keep your letters coming. See you then. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.